Welcome to the Uprooting Your Thoughts podcast, and I'm your host, Joy Rossignol. It is time to take control of your thoughts, and in this podcast, I will help you do exactly that. No more having your negative thoughts rob you of friendships, love, a healthy sex life, your dreams, or even just having peace. Remember, you are powerful, not powerless, and you deserve to live a life of wholeness and freedom. Let's go after it together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Uprooting Your Thoughts podcast. I have my husband here again to conclude, or I should say continue, the episode we talked about last week. Um, and those of you who have not listened, last week we t- uh, Matthew talked about his past with his church and how it ended up being a cult and how it affected the way that he um, thought about decisions and how to think for himself and kind of his whole testimony with that. And so this episode, we're going to pick up from that story and actually talk about obviously Matthews and BSSM and eventually meets me and how just that way of thinking influenced the way that we dated and how that kind of showed up for us throughout our dating process. So um, without further ado, it's getting uh, Matthew is back. Say hello. Hi, everybody. I'm really glad to be back. <laughs> um, and we're just going to get started. So obviously the last episode we talked about, we ended, um, you, we just ended with the fact that you obviously for BSSM, the Lord was really working on your heart and having to shift through uh, thought processes that you were thinking from the past and how that influenced how you're thinking about God and Christianity and all that now. Um, and I know you mentioned that second semester of BSSM was even more difficult than your first year, which fun fact, that's when Matthew and I actually met. We, pause, we've met previous from, from that. Matthew actually was leading a worship night the September that he just, um, that fall when he just came to BSSM, I thought he was like a, like an intern, but he wasn't, um, was not interested, but he thought I was cute. Um, and mutual friends. She didn't think hung- I was cute. Yeah. He looks different. Okay. His, his beard was super thick. <laughs> he started doing different things with his hair, his style, working out more. Like he's a, he's snatch now, but, um, anyway, I, uh, um, we had mutual friends and stuff. So we hung out in the same circle sometimes, but he just was in different, either like talking to different people or we just were not really mixing until second semester. And then by the time I was like, who is that? I'm interested. I actually want to know him more. And I think I mentioned the past podcast, I slid into his DM. He eventually continued talking to me and then it kind of just went from there. I didn't slide into his DM saying like, I want him or anything. I just commented to his Instagram story and he, Got, got on the bait. So um, anyway, fast forward to that. Um, I don't know, you, you want to just even get started a little bit of just like, you are coming from this experience, you are in the process of even talking to me. What was that like, even just dating in general and BSSM and just that whole thing because of your past? Well, um, before we started talking, I like, tried to date other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't work out for different reasons. And uh, when we started talking, I had stopped talking with uh, another girl uh, because yeah, again, it didn't work out. And it was definitely, you know, um, a challenge, not just with you, but with other girls. Um, It was just a, a really, a really hard time for me since in my past, like dating was forbidden my church because you needed to be 100% sure that the person you were going to be with was 
going to be your wife or you were going to mess up your calling or things like that, which is things that you still hear sometimes. And it makes me very upset. And I remember um, when I was, yeah, when, when I was in first year and I was interested in uh, someone I went to talk to one of my leaders and I told her, I like this person, but I feel like I'm just scared because I don't know if she's right for me or, you know, if she's going to be my wife or whatever. And the leader told me basically, like, do you, do you want to uh, marry a, a, a partner in ministry or do you want to marry a, a wife? And I was like, well, I want a wife. And she said, okay, then, because if you, if you marry a partner in ministry, like it's nice and she's going to be with you when you do ministry. But when you, if you, if you find a wife, you're going to find someone who really loves you for who you are and who's going to support you no matter like what you do and mm -hmm. what you do kind of becomes irrelevant because she loves you for who you are and not for what you do. And I was like, Oh, that's, I was like, that's interesting. That's good. And she also was one of the first leaders in my life to actually tell me like, Hey, it's not a sin to like someone. Like it's not a, a sin to have feelings for someone. Like it's, it's normal that you would have, yeah, you would grow feelings for a person. It's, it's a normal thing. I was like, oh, wow, really? And I just like little by little things like that started to really help me and set me free from uh, thinking, just having, having like uh, false beliefs when it comes to dating and relationships in general. Did you think that uh, having feelings for somebody was a sin before? That wasn't like being well, your wife? Every time I had feelings for a person before, I just felt like it was not pure. Like it was, mm -hmm. oh, it was not pure because like, you don't know like if this is the person that's right for you or you're I, just so many things that people at church would tell us uh, like, are oh, you too young? So like having feelings for someone right now is just not good because you're too young mm. um, and you're not ready for marriage. Basically my church is like, you can only have feelings when you know you're going to marry the person and you're old enough to marry the person. But we knew who was making decisions. It was really the pastor who was choosing who right. was going to marry who. Also, most of the girls I had feelings for in that church were Africans and I was white and like chocolate and yeah. <laughs> and, um, the pastor didn't want interracial couples, which we didn't know, but because obviously he wouldn't say it, but the way he was doing things, uh, um, was pretty obvious that he didn't want inter interracial couples. So mm. that was something, but yeah, so coming to BSSM, you know, uh, I had to unlearn so many things. And there's so much freedom to date in the culture, but yeah, that kind of background would there's be so really much freedom, hard. but it's, it's also what's the, what, what was freaking me out because I was like, dang, like there's so many people here. What if I made the wrong decision? Yeah. It's mm. like, geez, like I, Cause I, I told God, obviously before I went to BSSM, I told God, like, I know I'm not going there to meet someone, but I wouldn't mind if I meet someone. That's what I, I said told. the same thing actually. And then, yeah, I remember like this whole process of like God also talk, uh, speaking to me. So those two relationships, not relationships, but those two, uh, girls that I dated or tried to date before I met Joy. Uh, were really also a learning process for me because I think that if I didn't go through those two girls, I wouldn't have been ready for you, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, 
that's uh it's just that i i, I like one of the the things i was learning through that process too is that god was uh, with me and my choice and my decision and that was probably the hardest thing because i was coming from a, a place where all the decisions had to be taken like i believed that all my decisions had to be taken by god and if i if it wasn't taken by god then i should have i shouldn't move forward or i shouldn't do anything about it but then coming to bsm and god speaking to me is like actually you are making the decisions and i give you free will um and i am with you like i am emmanuel which is mean which means uh god with us you know and i remember i don't know if i told that but that was also part of the the, the questions i was asking all the time i was like are you sure you are okay if i'm with this person like you're okay if i'm dating this girl and things like that and most of the time i would hear god being like yes i'm okay with that and i was like so surprised i was like geez like i can do whatever i want like that's so weird even you're gonna tell me what to do yeah it's it's so weird because i was like even now like i don't think dating is a sin uh, anymore and like i don't think that if you date someone like you need to know if it's going to be the person you're going to marry um because obviously that wasn't the case for me either when i dated those girls but god was still with me and was still supporting it so that's why i was i'm still you know it's still interesting to me because obviously god knows everything and so it's like you're still supporting me in this but it didn't work out mm -hmm. but god, I, the, that wasn't the point the point wasn't that it needed to work out the point was that i needed to learn that god was with me in my decisions right and also just obviously you're hearing matthew's background which is kind of what he was coming into and what he was kind of experiencing and dealing with in his own internal experience before he was with me. And if you listen to episode five, I talk a little bit about my background, about how kind of my own experience and how I did not trust the Lord when it came to dating because of how much hurt I experienced. I only dated two guys previously and had like things we'll say with other people, but my heart was very, very tender to the possibility like i knew i wanted to be married i knew i really desired to be in a relationship but it was still that fear of like okay i'm not enough and i have to make sure i'm enough so i need to make sure i'm putting myself out there and blah blah blah, blah. so these are our backgrounds entering into potentially getting dating starting dating i should say so just want i want to kind of give a background because I've, I've, I've mentioned a little bit of our story but i kind of wanted to set the scene in the beginning of our dating experience like even like just going on dates and things it was really beautiful like it was really it felt very simple i had no idea that matthew was experiencing this much level of what he was coming from i should say and so i had no idea until later on which we'll get there um but obviously in the beginning of our dating um we obviously were talking we ended up um going to la at the same time with different trips met up more there eventually went on a date um and he told me we had a really beautiful date there's a park near my my house and before that we went to go get these things called the buddha bowls if you're in redding california you know what i'm talking about um so we went there and i remember on our date matthew was like which like okay we're in his christian bubble <laughs> christian bubble okay and so he's like which kind of um christian celebrity christian celebrity do you think we're gonna see because we went to bethel and so obviously there's like people in Bethel who are quote unquote famous, but whatever. The, gold, the golden age. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and so I remember being like, I don't know, maybe we'll see like Amanda Cook or I remember who I said. Yeah, you said that. 
Amanda Cook and I said someone else's name. And then Matthew was like, maybe we'll see like Stephanie Gretzinger. And I was like, okay, whatever. So we let it go. We had um, lunch and then we went to the park. And as we were walking in the park, Stephanie Gretzinger and her daughter, Wonder, were just like walking in the park. And I was like, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, this man is so spiritual. <laughs> like I literally was like blown away, which was like not a big deal. I wasn't prophesying, I was just making a joke. Yeah, it was like a joke, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like he's so prophetic, whatever. Um, and then in that part, Matthew said, like he DTR defined the relationship um, and just asked me like, where he said, I really like you. I would like to pursue you more. Just kind of mm -hmm. want to see where this is going. And I remember being like, I like you too. And I want that too. <laughs> um, and I like, I have a video of that, of what I took right after he did it. I took a little picture, a little video thing. I sent it to my parents <laughs> and I was like, so I'm talking to this, this guy and whatever. And he, in this video, he's like, I, I told him to speak French. <laughs> that, that video was so embarrassing. My style is horrible. Like, my, oh, I love it so much. I, I think thought it was so cool. So, I oh, still think you're so cool. So cute. Um, he's gone through a lot of different stages with his hair and style, and I think he's found it now. But um, anyway, so in the beginning, it was great. Like I, I'm, I think he's like DTR in April, if I'm correct. And I was going to staying in, in Reading until May. And then I was going to go back to Omaha for a bit and he was going back to Belgium um, for the summer before PSSM started again in the fall. And so we like spent as much time as we could together as well as like me spending time with my roommates and stuff because I was gonna be saying about it then. And so we were being very intentional with our time together and just that process too. I remember just in the beginning, like that month, so many redeeming things for me was taking place of him like not being mad at me or yelling at me or making me feel bad if I was late for a date. I've had an abusive relationship before unfortunately um and just like being really kind and really generous with me and just like not even like doing anything physical with me that was like crossing any bat like it was just like things that were night and day difference which is sad that i had experienced that but i remember thinking like wow this guy has been a complete 180 from anything i've experienced before in a dating relationship and i like really like him and i really just want to see where this goes um and I remember saying to him, I don't know if you remember, we had like a, we had a date at like the, the, the jump place. Yeah. The trampoline park. The trampoline park. Yes. Um, and then we had McDonald's because I love McDonald's. I yeah. Get, she wanted that. I, I was really excited. Not me. <laughs> I don't eat McDonald's much anymore, but I grew up on that stuff anyway. Um, and I remember asking you, I think we've texted about it that morning beforehand. And I was like, kind of like, when are you going to ask me out? You know, like we've been talking for a bit, we've been going on dates and all the things. And do you remember what you said? No. You were saying, you, you said, like, I think we should take it slow and I just want to continue getting to know you. I remember thinking, like, okay, like, that's honorable. I'll take it. But also, I was a little disappointed because I wanted us to start dating before I had to, like, we'd be separate for a bit, you know, because we were going to be long distance. But I was like, let me respect this process. Not a big deal. Continue that. I let it go. Um, I went to Europe for a month. I traveled throughout Europe and he came with me to Paris. And then I went to Belgium with his, um, so I stayed at his grandma's house and all these things. And so we can pick up to that date because you were going to tell me a little bit. You were going to ask me out when we were in Paris. Mm -hmm. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there were, when we started talking, I wanted to take our time because I felt like God was also trying to teach me how to be like present and take things slow. Um, cause I had a tendency to maybe like rush things, but also I had a lot of fears and I just wanted to take my time. 
but we kept talking, uh, kept hanging out. And then when you came to, to, uh, uh, Europe in Paris, uh, I had, I made a reservation for like a restaurant that was on the water and <laughs> that was weird, but we went there and like, we had a reservation, I think for like 1 PM or something. And it was like, I don't know, it was like 1250 or something. And they were still like putting all the tables together and stuff. And then 1 PM came. We're not being welcomed by anybody. They were inside the boat, though, like preparing everything. And then I, I went there and I was like, well, I have a reservation for 1 p.m. And I, I'm confused, like what's happening? I don't know what time it was. That would be 1.15 or something. And the person was like, well, we actually canceled all of our reservation today because we have a, a, like a company or a business that like uh, um, reserved the whole boat for the afternoon. And so we canceled everything else. And you should receive an email. I was like, I didn't receive any email. <laughs> so basically didn't happen. So I was like, oh no, like I was really annoyed because I was, I wanted that to be like really nice. And uh, so we just kept walking and then we found a really cute restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, ended up being great. It's really good. Plus there was a couple right next to us from the US too. And they talked with us, they took pictures of us and stuff. And um, it was nice. And, um, and then after that, we walked around, went to the park that was right next to the Notre Dame, uh, the cathedral, which is now unfortunately closed because it burned down. So yeah. they're like rebuilding it. Um, and basically my, I think my plan for that day was basically to ask her to be my girlfriend, but I actually like freaked out like mm. crazy. I started to be like super stressed, super anxious, having so many doubts. And I was, I told her, I was like super vulnerable with her. I was like, I don't remember exactly what I told you, but I told you like, I really like you, but like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I said. Cause obviously I was all in my, my, my stress and my anxiety and I just couldn't make sense of what I wanted. Um, so I was just like, I felt like it wasn't a good time for me to make a decision and that's going to be my girlfriend. Cause I was so like emotional and uh, I just don't want to, I don't like to be in that state and just talking about it. I can just remember and it's horrible, mm. but yeah. I remember that. Cause I remember, yeah, you pretty much that's what you said of like, I, I was going to ask you to be my girlfriend today, but I think like, I'm feeling really like pretty much feeling anxious and I'm just not sure what to do with the decision. And so I don't want to like make a decision right now. Um, but just kind of like, that's kind of what you said. I remember, remember you saying that. And I remember thinking like, okay, I, I was really cool about it. Cause I, I was at this point, I was like, it, I think it didn't really hit me. And I was like, okay, no big deal. Like whatever. Awesome. Like you patient. take your time, no big deal. All the things. Um, the thing is though, usually when someone says something like that, you can go home, process with the Lord journal, listen to music a little bit, you know, like cry, whatever you can do whatever you need to do. However, Matthew was staying with me in the place that we were at. So it was like a group of us, like me, my friend, Josh, Matthew, um, and then uh, um, another person was hosting us. Um, and she, so anyway, I, he was with me the whole time. And so I, it's like, I was sleeping on the couch. They were sleeping right there on the floor. It's, I didn't, I had no place to process. I had no place to actually come into touch with what I was feeling and all of these things. And I remember like going to sleep and I woke up and I was very angry, but I wasn't, I didn't show that to him, but like, it was like, my heart was just so angry of just kind of like, why does this always happen to us? Why can't anyone just choose us? It was just like all these insecurities that I was feeling from past relationships were coming forth. 
And like I said, if I would have been able to process it that night and just been able to like, okay, bring peace about it, it would have been fine, but I wasn't able to. So I remember just feeling all these things and I looked up and obviously he was just right there. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, my heart is not happy. And my heart is also not needing this right now. Um, and so I think I, we, I, we got ready how to go. Cause we were that day we were going from Paris to Belgium. And so we had trains. So Josh and I, um, we, we were the one that actually went on the trip together. So we had seats together. Then Matthew had seats somewhere else. Um, and so I was with Josh and I remember I was like trying not to cry. And I was just journaling a bunch while we were on the train ride, like a two hour train ride, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then I texted Matthew and I'm like, Hey, can we talk? And I, I was talking to him and I was like, I feel like my heart is feeling a lot of different things right now. And like, I want, and I, I remember also as I was praying, I felt like the Lord was telling me to be patient because everything in me wanted to run and be like, nope, we're done. Like, I can't even handle this. Cause what if he never comes to decision? And what if he just pulls you along? I've had a relationship. Someone did that to me. And I was just very, very triggered. And so I talked, I spoke with him, um, told him what was kind of going on, what I was processing, what I was feeling and dealing with. Um, he was very understanding. I actually don't know what we never, I don't ever, I don't know what you were thinking, but I, I said that. I don't remember that. I know, I remember now that you bring it up, I remember that conversation that we had a conversation in the train because you joined me because mm -hmm. I was by myself right. in first class. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I don't remember what we said. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I remember it perfectly. Remember I probably have better. the journal entry to be honest. I still have the journal. I could, anyway, not important. Um, maybe I'll look for it later. I kind of look for it now, but it's fine. Anyway, um, so I um, just kind of like, I told him, I was like, let's just, like, until you're ready to actually commit to me, which is totally fine, like, take your time, no pressure at all. Like, I think we should just, like, let's just, something my intern told me before was never allow your heart to move further than any action that has taken place. So the action that we are at right now is that we are talking and we are going on dates, but we are not officially dating yet. So therefore I told him, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to hold hands. I don't want to do anything. Let's just like, until we are there and that's fine. I, my heart just needed to kind of like separate it a little bit. Cause my heart was ready and I felt like we were going to ask me out and then you didn't. And so it was a lot of disappointment. A lot of things were going on for me. Yeah. Um, and so we moved on. Um, we were in Belgium. We were with Matthew's uh, sister and brother-in-law. Um, I stayed with Matthew's grandma. I met Matthew's mom and then his dad came the next day. Um, pizza. Get great pizza. Um, then we went to Bruges. Yeah. Um, and that was it was a beautiful view. It's like the the Venice of the, the north. north. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, it's like a fairy tale town. Yeah, honestly, I remember being like, "Oh, this is so beautiful." And at this point, my heart was like more healing. I was like, "It's fine if he doesn't ask me out before we leave. It's no big deal." Because this is our last day together before I was going to continue on to my Europe European adventure, and he was going to stay in Belgium. Um, and then. I we were at the church. Well, it, yeah, I had it was like I don't know three days later or something like that after Paris, and I just I had a lot of time to process what I was thinking because I was also I think after we had that conversation in Paris, my thought process was like, what if like you're just being stupid and like you're letting something really good go and you're just yeah. You're just like letting maybe fear or whatever. Basically, I, got, I think I got scared that I was going to miss out 
on something that would be really good for me, which is, you know, FOMO, like, it's not good. It's not a good thing. Like having the fear of missing out is not a good thing, but at that, I guess in some situations it can be, because in that situation it was good for me because I was like, what if I'm actually like just missing out on something that that's like really good for me. And so I've had a few days to process. Um, and when we got to Bruges, I felt, I felt, I guess, a lot better, uh, a lot more peaceful. It was still like, you know, like nerve wracking. because it's like something that honestly I've never, like I've done when, how old were we? Like I was 23, no, 22, maybe something like that. I think you were 23 because we got married at 25 and we were together for 11 months. So you were 20. Um, I was 25, so you were 24. So that means you were 23, 23. and I was 25. Yeah. And the last time I like, asked someone to be my girlfriend was like, I was 13. So it's like, <laughs> so, so I, love it. I was a kid. And like, for me, that was like, so new. And I was talking with God, we went to that church, just visiting church, walking around. And I don't know what I really don't know what happened. But I don't know, I kind of like looked at you. And I asked God, I was like, is this like the time? Like, do you, can I ask her to be my girlfriend or whatever? I felt like God said yes. So I was like, Okay, and uh, yeah, I just uh, asked her in that church if she wanted to be my girlfriend. Uh, yeah, she said yes. I did, and I was like, oh my God. I felt so relieved too. I was like, oh wow, I, I, at this point I said, I was kind of like, whatever happens, let me just be present. Um, and so obviously I was very happy. And I was like, oh my God, she can hold my hand now, whatever. <laughs> um, and so it was great and I was really thankful. And then, um, we that's when we, we met your dad because he came that day and then i left the next day uh he drove he took us his mom or someone i think it was your grandma i don't know took us to the train station i don't remember um and said goodbye and that was really sad because i hate saying goodbyes we had so many more goodbyes after that but um and then and that's it's done baby yeah and, so, and that <laughs> no was goodbyes it anymore yeah thank god no more guys but so that was kind of just like the beginning of our dating relationship right Okay, so I want to fast forward to probably the biggest moment of our dating experience between when we were dating up until we were married. Um, we, at this point, I was already in grad school. So I went to grad school at Northwestern uh, for that year. Matthew was back in BSSM in Reading. And so we were already long distance, okay? You can feel things pretty easily when you're texting and stuff or just on a phone call or just whatever, because after a while, that's all the way you're communicating. And so for a couple of days, Matthew was acting real sketch, honestly, to me, he was acting real sus. Um, and just like his text messages are just more like, I don't know, there just wasn't any emotion behind them. When I was like FaceTiming him, it seemed like he just had a lot on his mind. And so obviously I asked him like, what's going on? And then he told me, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, because this one's a big one. Um, you were saying like, I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm feeling, you probably remember you were saying like, I'm feeling, like I'm having a lot of doubts and I'm having a lot of insecurities and I'm just not sure what to do and blah, blah, blah. Um, so this was not the first time we experienced this at this point. So we talked about it. It's like, okay, you know, like just, I don't even know what I said, to be honest. In those moments, I never knew what to say to you because yeah. you would do it. And I'm like, am I supposed to like tell you it's going to be okay? I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, this is triggering my own anxiety too. And so I was just like, okay, like it's fine. It's like, I, to be honest, this is what it was. This is why it was hard for me. It felt like I had to prove to you that I was worth you staying for. And that triggered my own insecurity of feeling like I'm not enough. That was what I always did. And so whenever you'd bring that up, I'm like, 
I don't want to feel like I have to prove to you again, that, like prove to anybody that I'm worth saying for. Like, I want you to just make a decision for yourself. So it was really hard for me. And I feel like I, um, I came to the point where I was just like, I remember being like, should I like fast? Like, I don't even know what to do at this point. Cause I feel like I was getting so triggered and feeling so many things and we're long distance. And it was just like all these things of like, okay, like is because you're, you didn't, I don't think you realized, and maybe correct me if I'm but I don't know if you realized how distant you were being to me because you were so in your head. Yeah. You know, I, now I realize it, but at the time I didn't realize it at, at the time I was actually trying really hard to still talk, <laughs> <laughs> but it was apparently very obvious that I was distant. So I didn't do a good job. <laughs> I'm also a therapist. I'm just saying, so, yeah. uh, but you know, right. Um, so it was, it was just like, all of these things, all of this stuff was like having to be either uprooted. Okay. It wasn't even being uprooted. It was diving very deep into my triggers and insecurities of past relationships and things that I believed about myself. I remember calling my um, intern, which I love. I think she's incredible. Um, I called my intern from BSSM and I was like, I just need to process with you through something. And I'm feeling all these things. And I let her know, like, I'm feeling like Matthew is feeling just like very, he's having all these doubts and insecurities about his own stuff from his past. And it's like, I want to like emphasize that it wasn't just because he, everyone has a reason as to why they are the way they are. Um, and so I was telling her that, and I was saying how I have been, I've been very, very triggered and just feeling so anxious. And when I'm feeling anxious, like I can't eat, I can barely sleep. Like it was, it was just so many things in me. Um, and so I was just talking to her about it and I was crying and all these things. And so she told me like, Okay, like if it's pretty much, and I think she's doing this out of protection, which I actually appreciate it. She's saying like, if you're feeling this triggered and feeling this overwhelmed and it's really not helpful for your heart, then tell him not to share those things with you if it's not going to be helpful. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe that's the case. Like at this point, like maybe that's going to be beneficial for him just not to share it with me and he can just figure out what he's dealing with on his own and his own community. And I don't have to be triggered this way. Cause it was, it was like, I was spiraling very, very quickly. Um, and I'm trying to think if I talked to you, her before I had this conversation or after, um, I think I talked to her. Yep. And then I went to sleep or something like I, we talked a little bit, but it was whatever. And so I remember I barely slept that night and I was, I remember feeling this, it was this feeling I always feel whenever like a relationship is, I don't even know. I was just like, we're going to break up. I feel like he's going to break up with me. And if he's going to break up with me, I'm like, we're going to, let's just do this now. Let's just not belabor this any longer than it needs to be. And so I remember I texted him um, very early arm time. So my time was two hours before him. As I think it was like maybe like 6 a.m. I don't know. I was like, hey, like when you wake up, I really would like to talk. And so he woke up like two hours later and he's like, yeah, I'm like, great. Let's FaceTime. Let's just talk. And so I remember telling him like, I am feeling very insecure and I'm feeling very like all, all the things that could be coming up for me are coming up for me. And it seems like you're going to break up with me. And so I pretty much asked him like, do you want to break up? And do you, you remember this now? What did you think in few minutes of that? I mean, I remember this conversation, but you remember a lot better than <laughs> me. I like, I know that I said that I didn't want to. Yeah. You seemed like confused. Yeah. Which is funny to me. I'm like, how are you confused that I would even bring this conversation up because of how you're responding to me? Like in my head, I'm like, it's obvious either to get like, I thought you've been thinking about it, you know? And you're like, no, I don't want to break up with you. I'm like, okay. I remember being like, oh, because I was gearing up for it. Like my heart was prepared. Like we're ending this today. 
and I'm going to prepare my heart. And I'm going to cry for us today and it's going to be fine. I'll figure it out. And so when he said that, I was like, okay, well then my intern said this. <laughs> and I was like, I need you to not share your insecurities with me anymore because it's not helpful. And it's is actually making me feel more, it's hurting me more than helping me. But we were already super close at that time. So when you said that, I was kind of like sad because I was like, well, because in my head, this is in my head, I was like, I need to be 100% like transparent and vulnerable with my, uh, my spouse to be, I guess. I mean, even though you were not married or whatever, we didn't plan on being married at that time, but I just felt like I want to build our relationship on trust. So I was like, I feel like I want to be 100% vulnerable with you. But when you said that, I was like, oh, I feel like I can't be vulnerable with her. Um, so I didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I disagreed with what she said. I thought it was actually pretty bad advice. But you listened at first. Like, okay. You, I remember you being like, okay. Like, yeah. Fine. Well, I mean, because I was also trying, I guess at the time, you know, I was also trying to figure out things. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's give that a try. See if that's helpful. <laughs> um but it wasn't, it was not helpful. And you also realized that it was not. Well, yeah, because you were holding in a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> it was not helpful. And I was like, who am I going to talk to anyway? Do you want me to get in like details of what I was experiencing? Yeah. Okay. Well, everything, you know, every insecurity and every belief that I had was, you know, still present in some way. Cause basically I was experiencing like a lot of fear, a lot of doubts, um, a lot of, things yeah just coming up and always question having questions like is this really what i want like do i really want that like is it really what's best for me is she the best option for me or do i want something better like just things like do i really like her do i really love her like or am i just trying to convince myself that I do or whatever. I don't know. It was just questions over questions over questions. And it was a cycle of doubts and fears and like trying to be present with you. But at the same time, like every time we were together, like physically, mm -hmm. it was better. Yeah. But then when I was on my own, I was just like, it was just horrible. Like it was, it was horrible. I really didn't like that time uh being by myself was just really hard because every time it was just fears and doubts and you were definitely I, in the best place though for this to happen because oh, yeah, if you were sure. in belgium forget it i think it would have been done i think at that time i this is also what kept me going is that i was in a good environment yeah but also i built enough new beliefs that i was able to like push through um like beliefs like you know basically beliefs about discerning God's voice because all those doubts and fears, they just felt like maybe it was God's voice. And like at the time, that's what I would have thought. And I would have like stopped the relationship. But, mm -hmm. but then after doing one first year at BSSM and then being still BSSM for second year, I felt like I had enough knowledge to discern that God's voice was peace and it was love and it was a whisper. It was not something that was super loud and super confusing and super, scary like basically if you hear something and in, in, if you feel something in your heart that like you're in the middle of like trying to make a decision or in the process of making doing something new or whatever you're doing and you're not sure about what you're doing and you feel this like this pressure this stress in your heart of like oh my gosh like if i keep doing this uh, this is not going to be good for me 
that's not God's voice because that's just the voice of like fear and trying to tell you that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And um, and it's not God's voice. So I was like, okay, this is not if I don't hear peace, because you know a lot of Christians they say I don't have peace about this and I hate this because like what does that mean? Like peace is not something that you feel. Um, like you can, obviously you can feel peace, but what I'm saying is that peace is not a feeling. Like it's it's peace is much more than that. It's 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 a it's a state of mind. It's it's something spiritual. It's not something you can experience it in your feelings like love. You can experience love in your feelings, but love, the real definition of love, like peace, is not a feeling. Yeah. Um, but a lot of Christians they like to talk about like taking risks and stuff in a lot of things except relationships they feel like they have to have peace mm. but when i take a risk i don't necessarily have peace like it's that's why it's a risk because yeah. i'm like okay I don't, i'm not sure of what i'm doing but i feel that's and that that's when faith comes in like it's like okay i'm gonna do this i'm not 100 sure this is gonna work out but i have faith that it will work out um and you do it and so that that was that was dating for me that's that's what it was it's like okay like fighting those fears all the time because i knew that it wasn't god speaking to me like telling me oh well if you're not sure then maybe you shouldn't do that stuff because i was like god doesn't use doubts to talk to right. his children like he's, he doesn't put doubts in his children's mind to to be like to to question what they're doing or whatever because then it's like you know what the bible says about being double-minded that it's not good mm -hmm. or like when it talks about um like being cold or being hot it's better than being lukewarm that's basically like you don't it's, or jesus says let your yes be yes and your no be no like it's doubts is in, is in that middle place that lukewarm place and that's not from god you know it's yeah. you say yes or you say no but you don't stay in the middle um, because people who stay in the middle basically is what the Bible says. They're not reliable people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm when you're talking, I'm kind of just like, this is a very, I think important conversation because I think a lot of people, Christians or not Christians, people who, because right now, I think for Christians, people who believe in God, they can, that that the voice of anxiety can feel like they think it's god when it's not right and i think people who are not christians they think their voice of anxiety is their own voice when it's not and i think that anxiety has a voice and if we are aware if we are able to realize that that voice is actually separate it's not that's not truth even if it feels real even if it feels like the most true thing to you if it is bringing you that much anxiety if it's bringing you that much fear if it's bringing you that much like whatever we should question that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we sometimes just like have this voice and it's like, this has felt so familiar to me for whatever reason for you is because doubt and shame and fear and all that felt more familiar than God's peace, because that's what you experienced and grew up with. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, for whatever reason, different things, anxiety feels more true to them because that's been so familiar to them. However, it is not true. And I think if we're able to actually realize that there is a separation there of like for you, obviously realizing that I'm having all these doubts and fears and all these things, but doesn't mean that I'm because I'm experienced just because I'm experiencing it with joy doesn't mean that joy is a wrong person. It mm -hmm. just means that I am experiencing these fears and I have to realize that this isn't true. Because if I want to be, I have the choice to pick her or not. 
And it, it yeah. picking me would not it was not the path of least resistance. Let's be honest. Like you could have broken up with me, and then suddenly probably felt peace. Maybe, maybe, maybe you would have felt all the stuff. Like, she was great. I was awesome. I know, but it it would have felt peaceful for you to potentially end it with me, so you didn't have to experience this torment. You were experiencing so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was whenever I would see you, I'd be like, oh my, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like I remember thinking, I'm like, maybe I'm not the right person. I remember thinking that one time. So I'm like, you're experiencing that much anxiety with me. Maybe like. I, I don't know if I should be causing that much anxiety. You know what I mean? But then another part of me was like, you, this has been such a good thing. I would be very surprised if this wasn't like what we could choose to do. You know what I mean? But I don't wow. know. There was so much confusion there. Um, yeah. And I, I'm so happy that you did. I did. Obviously we didn't meet during our first, your first semester. So I think if you did, you would have, it would have ended immediately because you didn't, you weren't, you didn't, you weren't at a place yeah, where you foundation. could separate. Yeah. Separate kind of like what God is saying what peace is like for you, what your voice is actually saying compared to what this familiar voice has been speaking to you for so long. Yeah. And so I'm very thankful that we dated when we did. And by that time when it was really getting tough, you yeah. were already a year in BSSM, you know? Well, during that time like of dating, I had to learn so many new things about relationships and every single, basically every single doubt that I had, um, was I needed to address it because mm -hmm. it was like, okay, like I needed to replace all those doubts and questions with like a truth. Um, <clears throat> and like the first one was basically the fact that I was free to choose because God told me that I was free to choose. I had free will for that reason. And I'm going to, I can, I make good decisions. Uh, that was like a first thing that I needed to keep in mind and that God was with me, you know, um and that same with you like i needed to to remind myself that i'm making good decisions yeah. and even though i had those doubts and those fears like also i was trying to figure out where they were coming from because it's like is it because you can have doubts and fears when you're in a relationship and maybe sometimes they're justified because what if your relationship is just very toxic and like mm -hmm. the person that you're with has so many red flags or yourself you have so many red flags that that might be a good reason like the reason why you would end your relationship is not because you're scared like that should never be the reason but it should be oh there's a lot of red flags and this is a toxic relationship mm -hmm. therefore it's better to end that relationship that i would consider a good reason but having fears and doubts is not a good reason uh, for me in our relationship those were not coming from the fact that our relationship was toxic or that there was red, red flag because there was no red flag and our relationship was very healthy yeah. and it was really good. So for me, that's also what kept me going as I was like, okay, even though I'm experiencing all of these things inside, it doesn't mean that our relationship is bad. It's actually really good. And everybody was saying it too. Mm -hmm. So I was like, there's no way that like, she's not good for me. And even those things of like, oh, maybe there's better. Maybe you don't really want her. And it's like, well, first of all, I know that a lot of Christians experience that because I've talked with friends too. Yeah. And even after being married, they might still experience it. Fortunately for us, I, I know it's early right now, but after we got married, most of my fears and doubts kind of disappeared, which was great. It's like relating to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically like those, those questions are like, oh, maybe there's better for me. Like it's not whatever, like that's irrelevant when it comes to love and marriage, because it's love is about choosing 
and choosing no matter what. Like it's supposed to be unconditional love. It's not supposed to be, oh, what is there someone better? Then what? You're going to stop loving that person and choose the other person? Right. That's not love, you know? Uh, there's always going to be, you don't know any everybody on the planet. There's always going to be someone better and someone nicer and smarter and more, more something better, you know, no matter what you look at. But that's not the point. Like the you, when you try to find someone, you don't try to find what's best for you. Like you're just, you're choosing that person no matter no matter where that person is at, like no matter, no matter who they are, like you, you just got to choose them as they are. Mm -hmm. And you got to convince yourself that that's the best for you. And that will always be the best for you, even though your relationship will never be perfect. Right. You have to tell yourself that this is what's best for you. And so that was also what kept me going with you as I was like, okay, like I'm choosing her no matter what, because our relationship is great. It's healthy. Even though I have those questions, I'm going to keep choosing her um, because that's what love is. And there's no literally zero reason for me to stop this relationship. That would be just so dumb if your relationship is so great. Mm -hmm. And like, because you're experiencing doubts and fear, you just stop it. Yeah. It's just not. And then a lot of Christians do it. Oh, yeah. A lot of Christians break up because they get scared and they're not, they're not sure. And they feel like maybe there's someone better and this is not good enough or I don't know so many things and every time that happens I'm just like upset because like upset at them for because sometimes they put it on God like they're like oh yeah like God told me that it wasn't good for me I was like no it's not true it's not what God told you it's you you were scared and you thought that maybe there was someone else for you that was better um I think I'm I would be more upset because I get that because in reality, that's their, because it felt real and they think that was what was real, right? I think I'm, I'm more upset with the anxiety. Anxiety is so powerful at times. And I'm not like, we obviously, it can get stronger however we want to do it or not. But anxiety can convince people so strongly to end relationships that are actually really, really good. Like it's happened too, too many times, too many good relationships have ended close to the finish line or not even close at all because that anxiety was so real and they just, it was just too much, you yeah. know? And it's like, obviously if you're somebody who that's, that's happened to you or somebody who has done that, like no shame at all. Right. There's no shame. Um, I, we just want this episode too. And because obviously Matthew is very, very passionate about this and we've seen this happen a lot or a lot of men have come to Matthew and actually he's given so much advice to people who've been the, in the, been a place of anxiety and, so about three couple people have been married now. I think I'd say I, I think I'd say that some people are married now because I told them yeah, to keep going. For sure. Or you told them to keep going too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and like we I'm we as I, I mentioned this before, I'm very passionate about marriage and so is Matthew. Um and we are very passionate about like just healthy marriages and people just getting married and experiencing like a life together. Because I think that marriage is so beautiful and powerful and that's people just try to diminish it at times, but anyway. Um, and like when people are feeling that anxiety and fear, I'm kind of like, you, you have to just, you can, we cannot let anxiety win, you know? And I think that's kind of where I'm at. Even when I have clients now, I'm just kind of like, okay, like we're not letting the anxiety win here. We're not like the anxiety is not going to be the one that tells your story. It's not, you're going to be the one that tells the story because this is going to be your story to tell. Like, and you get to choose what you want, not letting the anxiety and that fear feel so real. Cause I get it in real, it, it's interesting 
because any other situation in mm, like okay for example if something happens if i'm getting if i see a bear right and i'm afraid it makes sense to to run or leave a situation that's scary right like and in those situations we tell it we, that's like normal to do but when it comes to things of like our again our, our dreams something that's our desires or our passions and when there's fear attached to it those are the situations when we're told to stay and that's just so opposite of how we are wired and so it may, for a lot of people it's kind of like no of course not if i'm feeling all this doubt and fear and i'm feeling all these lies and it feels like truth well then in reality probably is the wrong person i'm probably not gonna experience this again with somebody who's quote unquote better but in reality unless you deal with the anxiety you're gonna experience it again like yeah. period it's always the same questions that are gonna come up anyways so yeah never gonna find anybody that's perfect for you no exactly and, and like some people i know some people can go through like dating and marriage without being scared oh, yeah. and without having doubts I know some of those people, but I also know that some of those people who were totally fine and then got married and now are divorced. So like, you know, um, I think if you are experiencing like some kind of anxiety and fear and stuff, don't keep it to yourself. Like try yes. to seek help, try to find, like, I was really, really yes. blessed to be in BSSM because I was surrounded by leaders. Um, but I'm also an external processor. Yeah, so, you're not afraid of process. So I, I talk about my stuff going on inside. Um, and so I found leaders and I told them about what I was experiencing and they, I'm, I'm blessed that they were all like wise enough to tell yeah. me to, to like keep going. And like, I remember even one of them saying like, cause I told him, Hey, like I've been dating this girl for a little while and I'm thinking about moving to the next step, but I'm really scared. And, and I feel like maybe I might do something wrong. And he told me like, he was married. Um, and he told me, that he was actually glad that I was nervous because if I wasn't nervous, he was, he, he would question if I actually am realizing how big of a decision I'm making. Mm. Um, but the fact that I'm nervous shows that I'm actually taking this seriously and that is important to me. And so I was like, Oh, interesting. Like I never saw it. Like, I was like, yeah, it's a big decision. It's an important decision. It's normal to experience fear and stress. Um, so, but doesn't mean that like you have to stop or anything. Like you don't never have to stop because you're you're scared. Um, you always have. It's it, it's really really important when you're in a relationship, um, um, whether you're dating or engaged or married, to have people around you that can look at the the relationship with a um, clear perspective. Yeah, like a yeah, a bigger picture and see, you know, how you interact with each other. And like, you know, uh, people are close to you because sometimes that you can be so much in your head that you are kind of like blinded to what is real mm. and what's in your mind seems more real than the reality. Anxiety will not make people do something. Sure. It's people who listen to anxiety, yeah. make that decision. And so that's why, or fear or doubts, like people listen to that and and act on that. That's what Causes upsets me. Sure. That's what upsets me. And so that's why I get, I say that I'm upset at people because I'm like, you, have you seek any help? Like, I, um, like, did you, did you talk to somebody about what you're experiencing? Did you actually, I don't know, like, I'm just, yeah, yeah I'm just like, no, come on. Like you could have, you could have been married. But no, we decided to to listen to fear. I think that's what is I, I'm liking what you're saying too, of like 
making sure you're talking to someone. Cause I think that when you're feeling that at times too, it can feel super isolating of like, something's obviously wrong with me or this relationship or something. And you start feeling shame and feeling all these things and you kind of just keep it and then it manifests into something so big to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm done. Like it can feel so like out of left field, but they've been thinking and stewing on it for, for months, you know, mm -hmm. without telling anybody. And so it, it feels so big and so powerful because we've kept it so deep inside. Things are only as like, when literally when you confess something out of your mouth, it diminishes its power by so much. Like it, it, there's a there's research on it of like when we have even if we have negative thinking or anything, if we keep it in ourselves, it, it gains significant power in our whole system and our brain and everything. But when we speak it out loud, it diminishes its power because we actually spoke it out and actually you can you can see how even silly it is or how like it you have somebody to even cover you being like that's not true like that's not even real you know, and so if you like are someone who is experiencing that. And if you are somebody who is in a dating relationship and um, about to, I don't know, like feeling any anxiety or feeling any fear or feeling anything, like tell someone, like, I don't even care, email us, like help on my email below, I don't care. But like, do not keep that to yourself because we will be the first to tell you you will not let anxiety win this. We will not let anxiety win in any more relationships any longer as, as for as much as we can help, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's taking too many relationships, it's taking too many marriages, it's taking too many things. When in reality, and, and taking so much joy, it's taking so much peace. When in reality, it's people who are like, could be so happy together and actually experiencing what all whatever marriage has to offer for them and whatever life has offered them but they end it because of so much fear and i think and it's like i feel like the enemy wins there and I, we don't want that to happen mm -hmm. he doesn't have to have any power uh, also, yeah also another thing that i was <clears throat> learning uh, about like all those fears that i was having when we were dating is um i remember we were in omaha and i felt like god was telling me that also a lot of those came from the fact that i was looking too far in the future mm. and that every time we were together I was just thinking about you whatever just dating you um my thoughts were questioning if you were going to be a good wife and like a, a good enough wife or whatever and that was like what God was telling me like you're everything you're doing like you're filtering every, everything through those lenses of like Oh, is, that, is, is it going to be good for marriage? And God was telling me like, no, you need to be present right now and getting to know her and like just having fun with her and, and, and stuff like that Yeah. by just being present and not focusing so much on, oh, am I going to marry this person or not? You know, it's not, dating is not like, at some point it gets to that. But when you're like, start when you start dating, it's not about that. It's just about getting to know each other in the present. Yeah. Um, and not worrying about, oh, is that the person I'm going to spend my life with or stuff like that, you know, because I do think that, you know, at, at some point you can start considering that, like if, if I don't know, it's been 10 months that you're dating and something and like you're still getting to know the person and you haven't considered anything else further, then maybe I'll be like, okay, maybe it's time now you can start thinking about what you want to do. Uh, and also like another thing. If you ever approach me and our joy and you you tell us that you have so much anxiety about your relationship first thing i'm going to tell you like i'm not going to tell you oh no don't listen to it and keep going first i'm going to be like i'm going to ask you why like where is it coming from 
And if you tell me, you know, if, if you I, if you're able to identify where it's coming from, you tell me, well, this is because I, I'm just wondering if really that's what I want. If like, is she good enough for me? Like, is there someone better or whatever? Do I really love her? Stuff like that. Um, and I look at your relationship and I see that like your relationship is healthy and it's like good. But if you tell me that like it's because there's red flags, then okay, then I'd be like, okay, then maybe there's something there. But I know a lot of people, there was nothing. They're just making up something mm -hmm. in their heads. They're trying um, to look for something. Yeah. Their brain trying to look for something. Yeah. They're sabotaging their relationship. Um, and they're just, their mind is just making up stuff that don't need to be uh, thought about. Like, you don't need to think about that. But your mind is just obsessed with control and obsessed with outcome because your mind wants to know if it's going to work out. Um, and you got to try your best to like uh, quiet your mind and be like, it doesn't matter. I don't need to know if it's going to work out right now. I just need to be present, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And I like... Obviously, Matthew is speaking from this, obviously, from experience. And it's not like, okay, just keep going and blah, blah, blah. Like, we, like, from the receiving end of it and somebody, obviously, who's experienced it, like, know that this is not easy. It's not easy to have to push away something that feels very real and is really overcoming and feeling very powerful in your life. But I think if you're able to find out, like, for him, knowing that right now he's, like, jumping to the future and, like, oh, this is why I'm, like, this is why it feels so scary because what if this happens? What if I'm not a good wife? Which spoiler alert, I am, um, or whatever. Um, but if he's, if once he realizes that that's what's going on, he can be like, okay, I'm jumping to the future. When we jump to the future so much, future tensing, like that is, the, a lot of anxiety comes from the future. What if this, and what if that, and what if that? But in reality, it's like, you actually just need to stay in the present moment right now. And then those things will be answered as time goes on at this point, right? That's not your, that's not important for you to figure out at this point. Your point is to figure out how incredible they are as a girlfriend or how incredible mm -hmm. they are as a partner and how part of they are is like loving you and being there for you in those moments. Cause like, yeah. to be honest in those times, it's, it's very, very hard. It's very hard to stay in a relationship that you don't even hard to know if the person is going to end up breaking up with you because the anxiety is so strong. It's like, it's like an act of faith all around for both of us, you yeah. know? Um, and it was hard for not only him, but for me in my own insecurities coming up. But I knew, like, I had to, like, for one, I was talking to the Lord, and I felt like the Lord was really being, like, be patient and just, like, trust me, um, which I'm like, okay, I can trust you, but I can't trust him. Um, but it, I, I had to see, like, in times when our relationship was good, it was, the, like I said, the best relationship I've ever had. I've never had a dating relationship like this. And so that's what kept me going, because in times when we were good, it was incredible. Um, and obviously, when times when it was like this, I'm like, okay, this isn't him. This is anxiety making it feel so real for him. But this is not him when he's like actually doing like in this relationship at the present. You know what I mean? So yeah, I want to, I guess, end with a little advice. Um, when you're dating, like dating is just more simple that our minds make it to be. Mm -hmm. um, when when you're dating someone, try your best to like look at your relationship from a um external perspective does that make sense um okay. what i mean is like try not to be so don't be so much in your head mm -hmm. try to look at your relationship like big picture yeah um and 
try to be as objective as you can be because because you know love it's not love is not about feelings and it's not about um yeah how you feel in the moment um that's not love is like a decision that you need to keep taking every day no matter how you feel yeah. so i would even tell people when they're dating to take their feelings out of the picture uh, a feeling for me is like when before you start dating feelings can be like a kind of like a trigger of like oh maybe i i'm interested in that person and i'd be interested to get to know them more mm-hmm. that's good but then once you're in that getting to know process feelings in my opinion are like a little irrelevant um for me it's more about liking the person like do our personalities match can do we like to hang out together because that's really what you're going to do mostly when you're uh, with the person you get married to them is you're going to be together all the time mm-hmm. so that's really important to know oh do i do we actually vibe together well and things like that do we have like uh interests in common uh, uh things that we like that are in common things like that more than oh do i really love that person or like it's not even the right question you're asking because you what you're asking really is do i have like feelings for them yeah uh, rather than because loving is not about feelings about choosing that person no matter how you feel so yeah i guess that's good, good advice and i remember because I, when i was experienced all those doubts i talked to my roommate and he was like saying like well those are just feelings so it doesn't matter we don't care just keep being with her <laughs> um and he was right Thank so, you, Julian. no i don't want to say that like having feelings is bad that's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is making decisions based on your feelings is just very it's a very poor way of making decisions uh it's a it's it's not how you choose like like chris valton said like feelings are not leaders they are servants so mm-hmm. they, they should never lead what you do in life and that come and that, that that means dating as well they can be indicators of what's happening what's going inside sorry what's going on inside of you but it should never tell you what to do. Hmm. Um, so when you date, try to like, like know that you have those feelings, whatever, but try to look above those feelings. Cause I can say right now, like I'm, I'm, I'm in love with my wife, but the love that I have for her is not like dependent on how I feel. Like it's something that I can't even explain. It's more like love is just much deeper than feelings. It's like something that's much higher. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. You speak. No, that's really good. I love that. I think that's really good. Especially, I feel like feelings in your relationship, like you're going to be angry with your spouse. You're going to be sad. You're going to be all these things. We still have to choose connection. You know, you still have to choose to love them. And that like really foreshadows how you will be in a marriage. It's really, really important to not have feelings dictate everything you're doing. Because it's just like, as you mentioned, it's a uh they're servants not leaders um so yeah this episode obviously even longer than i thought it was going to be but i didn't want to cut it shorter than like what we're saying because i think that this topic is super important um and it's just something we're really really passionate about um and so yeah honestly if this has been something that you relate to or you feel like this is something that someone is relating with right now or has before or whatever 
um, we would love for you to send this podcast to them because I think that this, this is something, like I said, we're passionate about and we want this to be in as many ears as possible because this is important. And like we said, we are done letting anxiety have any say in any more relationships and marriages and just life in general, because it just shouldn't even be part and doesn't have the power only if we let it. Um, anyway, um, thank you all so much for listening. I think I'm going to have Mefti back just for one more week next week. We'll talk about just even now. Um, we've done obviously his background. We've done our dating. And now we will talk about currently how this shows up. Um, and I think that'll be the conclusion of this little series that we're doing. And let us know what you think about it. Um, this last one got, um, it seemed to be a lot of people are listening to it. So that's great. Loving it. I'm glad to hear it. I heard some um, good feedback from it as well. So don't, for, don't hesitate to send me a message. Send me an email. DM me on Instagram. Um, share your story, rate the podcast, review it, all the things, um, write a review and um, subscribe. And if you're a man and you need help in a relationship, come to me. That's true. Not that, to my wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you're uh, a girl, go to my wife. If you're a man, <laughs> come to me. This is very true. Um, maybe someday Matthew and I will do something with this, but we shall see. Either way, thank you all so much for listening. We love you guys. We are very thankful for everybody who listens each week and sends and re refers this off to somebody else who needs to hear it. Um, and yeah, have a great day and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to hear from you. It truly blesses my heart to know that you are listening and enjoying the show. So if you like this episode, take a screenshot, share on Instagram, and let me know any takeaways or quotes you resonated with from this episode. Make sure to tag me as well at Joy Rossignol, R-O-S-S-I-G-N-O-L. This helps me know that what I'm saying is actually helpful and helps me know more of what I should be talking about. Can't wait to hear from you, friends.